Hello and welcome to episode number 70 of the AFTV newscast being recorded February 3rd, 2017. My name is Elias Saba and I run AFTVnews.com and this is where I talk about the week's Fire TV news. Uh, Not a huge week to talk about as far as Fire TV news goes, but we've got a little bit of Alexa news. I'm going to take this time to to talk about the Alexa voice remote, its stock ability, the Fire TV 2 being out of stock and what that means towards a next generation Fire TV. Since there isn't that much news, I think this is a good time because that question always comes up. I mean, people always ask me, when's the next, next hardware going to come out? When are we going to get, get new devices? Should I buy the current generation? Should I wait? So going to just talk about it uh, this episode for sure. Uh, some pre-rooted ROM news came out. Uh, a lot of good app news. So we've got Kodi updates. We've got Plex updates, Plex gaining Alexa capabilities. Going to talk about all of that. So even though there's not that much Fire TV specific news, there's definitely a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. So let's go ahead and get right into it. So the first bit of news is that the uh, Alexa voice remote for the Fire TV, the this is the one that ships with the Fire TV 2 and the Fire TV Stick 2 with the voice remote. It uh, has just come back into stock after being out of stock for five months. Uh, if you recall a few episodes back, uh, I kind of speculated that there were some production issues going on with the uh, Fire TV's voice remote. One, because it had been out of stock for so long. Uh, But two, mostly because uh, basically every bundle that ships with this remote was out of stock at some point, about a month ago or so. So it looks like maybe Amazon has figured out things and, and, and fixed the issues that were revolving around producing these remotes. Or this is, again, just my assumption here. But uh, the voice remote itself came back into stock. Pretty much all of the bundles that ship, the Fire TV Stick and the Fire TV bundles that ship with this voice remote came back into stock, all except for the Fire TV 2 in the U.S., uh, the Fire TV Stick with voice remote is still missing over in the UK and in, in Germany. But I think that has more to do with the fact that the Fire TV Stick 2, the next generation, is uh, probably on the verge of being released there or being announced there. Or, or you know, it's it's probably coming. We'll be talking about that in a, in a little second here. So where we are right now, pretty much everything is in stock except for the Fire TV 2. Uh, the Fire TV Stick in the UK and Germany, and I think Japan also, uh, with the voice remote is, is missing. Sorry, did I say Fire TV Stick 2? I meant Fire TV Stick 1 because the Fire TV Stick 2 hasn't been announced overseas yet. Um, And this voice remote is back in stock, or at least as of this morning, last time I checked. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this voice remote goes out of stock very soon again. I bet you there was just one little batch shipment that got sent over to Amazon just to fulfill some of those orders. It's probably going to go out of stock again, if um, I'm guessing. So what does this all mean for the Fire TV and next generation devices, specifically the Fire TV 3? Uh, the Fire TV 2 is out of stock right now. So I'm, every time that, that device goes out of stock, I start getting questions either through email or through Twitter. People asking me, you know, is does this mean the next generation is going to come out? Should I wait? Should I put in an order, a back order right now? Or should I wait for a next gen device? Um, I don't know the exact answer to this, obviously, because Amazon hasn't said anything. But in my opinion, I don't think we're going to see a Fire TV 3, you know, in the next couple months or anything like that. Um, If we do see one this year, which I hope we do, I still think we're probably going to see a Fire TV 3 released near the end of the year, very close to that that holiday shopping area, you know, right around Black Friday-ish. Usually when Amazon releases new hardware, as far as the Fire TV line goes, uh, for the most part, it has been in October, November time period. So that's when I think we're going to see new hardware. So the main reason I think that's the case is because the Fire TV Stick 2 has not been released overseas yet. So we saw that released in October in the U.S., and Europe, Germany, and Japan, which are the other three markets where the Fire TV is sold, uh, officially that is, 
Uh, they don't have the Fire TV Stick 2 yet. And worse, the Fire TV with voice remote has been removed. So I think soon, you know, within the next few months, we will see the Fire TV Stick 2 released overseas. And so because I think that's going to happen, that's probably the next Fire TV related release, you know, anywhere. We're going to see that device finally make it overseas. Uh, because that's going to happen in a few months, I don't think Amazon would release brand new Fire TV 3 hardware right around that same time in the U.S., I just think it's, you know, it would be a bad idea to release a, a, a quote, older but new device overseas right around the same time when you release an, an entirely brand new device. Because I, I would assume that a Fire TV 3 released in the U.S. would hurt Fire TV Stick 2 sales overseas because people would see, well, there's this new device, this more powerful device. You know, I'm not going to buy the stick too because even though it just came out, I'm going to wait until the Fire TV 3 would come out. I think there's going to be at least three months, you know, gap in between when we see the Fire TV Stick 2 released overseas and when a, a another new piece of hardware, potentially the Fire TV 3 released in the U.S. or, or potentially globally. We don't know yet. Um, that's just my opinion. That's what I think will happen. So so even though the Fire TV 2 is out of stock in the U.S., I still don't think that's an indication that the Fire TV 3 is right around the corner. I still think that's because of these issues that seem to be related to the voice remote being out of stock, just you know, not being able to produce enough of them. Um, I would imagine that if there were uh, voice remote production issues, that the vast majority of the ones that are being created are being devoted towards this potential Fire TV Stick 2 launch overseas. Because you, when you launch the device, the worst thing is to have a whole bunch of orders and have the device go, you know, pre-order or out of stock for months. You know, you want to be able to have that supply. And because this is the second generation device, Amazon has already launched the Fire TV Stick overseas. So they probably have a decent idea, a decent estimate of how many they're going to sell so my guess is fire tv voice remote had production issues that supply is getting devoted towards the fire tv stick 2's launch overseas and therefore uh the fire tv 2 in the u.s supply is suffering because of that that's that's my guess that's my best uh, assumption here I could be wrong. Uh, the you know we could see a Fire TV three released in conjunction with the Fire TV Stick two overseas. It could be a global release for a Fire TV three. I don't know, but just you know personally, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, just based on history, you know, Amazon has not really released both a Fire TV and a Fire TV Stick. You know, new hardware at the same time. They've they've always been kind of staggered. So I think that's going to be uh, the continuing trend moving forward. And you know, October-ish is probably the perfect time to release new hardware because it's, again, right before that holiday shopping season, right before um, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So that's, that's kind of where I think things stand as far as new hardware goes. All right, moving on. Next bit of news is that Rbox has released the uh, pre-rooted ROM version of the latest Fire TV 1 update. So uh, I think I talked about it last episode, the 5.2.1.2 software update that started rolling out, I think about two weeks ago or so. I was finally able to capture that URL, got it over to Rbox. He created the pre-rooted ROM. And so that is released. That's there. I'll, of course, put links down below. For those of you who have rooted devices, for those of you who have TWRP installed, you can now update to the latest version. I unfortunately was not able to capture the uh, update URL for the Fire TV Stick 1. That's why there is no pre-rooted ROM for the Fire TV Stick 1 right now for this version. I'm still hoping to get it soon. And so 
so hopefully I'll be able to get that. For those who don't know what pre-rooted ROMs are, I always like to mention it because some people are always kind of confused on this. But basically, if you have a Fire TV or a Fire TV stick and you've rooted that device, uh, you've most likely blocked software updates because if that device receives a software update, an official software update from Amazon, it will block and remove that root access. And basically what root does is it gives you a little bit more control over the device, lets you do things that aren't really sanctioned by Amazon. Uh, there is the potential, obviously, to ruin your device if you do have root access. So it's very important that you know what you're doing. Um, but if you want to continue updating your device but still keep root access, your only option is to install these pre-rooted ROMs. So these are basically the official software updates taken, modified slightly so that they are pre-rooted. And so when you install these updates on a rooted device, you basically get all the benefits of the update, but you don't lose that root access. All right, next up, I did want to briefly mention that the Super Bowl, the big football game in, in the U.S., is going to be airing this Sunday from the time I'm recording this. Uh, for those of you out there who are cord cutters and don't maybe don't have an antenna and rely on your Fire TV as your main source of, of viewing pleasure... Um, there's good news is that you can watch the Super Bowl completely for free live uh, with your Fire TV. Uh, so this year, Fox has the, the, the rights to air the Super Bowl and they have a Fox Sports Go app on the Fire TV. Normally, you need to have a cable subscription to activate that app in order to watch any content within it. But for the Super Bowl, they are going to make that completely free. So you don't have to activate the app or anything to actually watch it. In the past, it's very common for big events like this, especially the Super Bowl, especially big sporting events, to have issues streaming uh, because of so many people you know hitting the servers all at once it is the biggest viewing event of the year in the u.s and so on the off chance that the fox sports go app has issues and you can't get that stream working on the day of the game uh, you might want to try the official nfl app i'm not positive whether they're going to allow completely free streaming and without actually having to activate the app but uh, i've kind of read different sources say different things you know one saying that you're going to have to activate it the other saying it's going to be completely free just like the fox sports go app so if you do have fox sports go issues then you can definitely try the official nfl app i'll put a link to both these apps down below of course uh, your other option, if, if last resort, you can't get any of those to work. Uh, Sling TV, DirecTV, and PlayStation View are going to be streaming the game through their app in select cities. They don't have local streaming rights to all of the different cities. It's usually the big cities around the U.S. I'll put a link in, down below to this article where you can see the list of all the different cities that are going to stream for each individual app. Um, each one of those apps offers a free uh, trial at least seven days. And so if you're, you know, ready to watch the game and things don't work out, you can always sign up for their free trial and, and watch the game for free that way if you want. Of course, your last resort is always an HD antenna that does not have to do with the Fire TV. There's no way to plug in the HD antenna into the Fire TV, but uh, I'll, I'll have links below also to HD antennas and hopefully you're in an area where you'll be able to get that over the air reception and just basically pump it straight through your TV tuner. Uh, that's, in my opinion, last resort if there are actual streaming issues for the game. All right, next up, before moving into some app news, I did want to mention this very quick little article I wrote, uh, mostly so that people would stop emailing me, emailing me about this. But um, occasionally on some people's devices, there's this little blue circle that appears basically like hovering over the Fire TV interface, over apps, over any videos you're watching. I get a lot of emails about this, people asking, what is this thing? It appeared after they updated or, or something like that. And they're wondering how to get rid of it. They think it's part of the Fire TV. They think it's part of Amazon. They think it's a bug or they think it's some issues um, just letting you guys know if you ever see this little circle dot it's caused by es file explorer there's some little setting in there called uh, logger floating widget 
It's supposed to notify you of stuff, but it's on by default. And so if ES File Explorer is running in the background and there's a notification, you're gonna have this dumb little circle just floating on your screen permanently. Um, and so uh, I'll put a link down below to how to get rid of it. Basically, you just go into the settings of ES File Explorer and turn it off. Uh, just wanted to definitely mention it there in case any of you have run into it and aren't sure what it is and what it's caused by. All right, next up, let's get into some app news for the Fire TV. So big big news this week is that the official final version of Kodi 17 is, is released and available for anybody to download now. They've had seven beta versions and four release candidates. So it's been a long development process for this version. It is the, the new version after 16.1 which is the, the previous version that many of you probably have installed. So this new version 17 is now released. It's codenamed Krypton. I'll put a direct link down below to install this, but in my opinion, the easiest way to install it is to use my downloader app. Uh, you can use the uh, short URL, uh, bit.ly slash Kodi17app. Uh, I'll again, put a link down below to this article that has the exact URL. But if you have Kodi installed and you uh, install this Kodi version 17 over it, it won't overwrite your data files. It won't overwrite your settings or your add-ons or anything like that. It'll actually install as an update over your existing setup of Kodi. So you shouldn't lose anything there. So one thing to note is that this new version of Kodi, as well as the new versions of SPMC and the new versions of Mr. MC, they all require Fire OS 5. So they're not compatible with the older Fire OS so if you're still on those older versions, your only option is to either stay on the older 16.1 version of Kodi or the older versions of these other SPMC and Mr. MC apps or update to Fire OS 5 and then you'll be able to install the new version of Kodi. The change log for Kodi 17 is massive. I'll put a link down below to that. If you want to look into all the little nitty gritty details of what has changed in there, I won't go over them now. Um, but one of the biggest notable changes is that Kodi now has a completely new interface. They've, they've changed the default theme of the app. If you're looking at the video version here, you can see a, a little preview of what it looks like. Um, more similar to what you're seeing nowadays from Fire TV apps where you've got a menu on the left side that scrolls uh, vertically and then you've got all of your content over on the right side of the screen. The other notable change for Fire TV owners uh, with Kodi 17 is now Kodi finally supports 4K playback on the Fire TV 2. So before Mr. MC was the first app that brought this over to the Fire TV and then SPMC has adopted it and now Kodi has picked all of that up. Uh, that's the great thing about having open source software which Mr. MC, SPMC and Kodi are all open source. They can all look at each other's code, share each other's code. And so when one of them adds something like 4K support, the other ones can easily incorporate that into their app. So Kodi 17 does have 4K playback on the Fire TV. Um, there's a nice little discussion going on in the uh, post comments for, for my post here um, where some people are saying that there are some issues with Kodi 17 just in general, not just on the Fire TV. And so if you're hesitant, you might want to read into those comments and see. You can always downgrade back to 16.1. It shouldn't affect anything. So that's uh, definitely possible. But if you're worried, definitely check out that discussion. I've actually got a relevant question here from Twitter from Andrew saying, is it worth updating from Fire OS 3 to OS 5 for the Fire TV 1 for HEVC support and to work with Kodi 17 or would there be no difference? Uh, so first of all, Andrew, about the HEVC support. Now remember the Fire TV 1's hardware does not decode HEVC natively. Um, I don't know if there's something that added software-wise where Fire OS 3, uh, sorry, Fire OS 5 is better at decoding HEVC via software than Fire OS 3. I'm not sure about that. I haven't heard anything about that. But just know that bumping up from Fire OS 3 to Fire OS 5 is not going to magically make uh, H.265 
um, you know, uh, files decode better or play better because you just don't have that hardware support in there. The Fire TV 2 and the Fire TV Stick 2 are the ones that have that hardware decoding that can do H.265. And so Fire TV 1s and Fire TV Stick 1s, you're just not going to have good support even if you move up to Fire OS 5. Now, as far as is it worth going up from Fire OS 3 to Fire OS 5, uh, there isn't really that big of a difference. The main improvement there is going to be better app support. And so just like we're talking about Kodi 17 right now, a lot of apps moving forward are not going to support older versions. Fire OS 3 is based on Android 4.2.2, I believe, which is a very old version. Fire OS 5 is based on Android 5.1, which uh, a lot of apps are now like making the cutoff at at Android 5, which I think is API 21, if you know what that means uh, for, for Android's API versions. So in my opinion, definitely worth moving up to Fire OS 5 just for the app support. You know, Netflix, for example, does not support Fire OS 3 anymore, I believe. Even if you have the old Netflix app, I think it just does not play anymore. So you have to upgrade to Fire OS 5 for that. And just moving forward, it's just going to be more and more apps not supporting the older software. So that's really the main reason to update. And I think that is a good enough reason. All right, moving on, next thing to talk about is a pretty significant update to Plex, or at least a, a release from Plex. Uh, for those who don't know, Plex and Kodi, which I was just talking about, are both uh, media players, home theater software, basically. It lets you play your local files and lets you stream those files through the Fire TV in a very nice interface where you can, you know, everything's organized nicely. There's cover art and all that good stuff. But Plex has announced this week that uh, they've released an official Alexa skill. Uh, the Alexa skill basically allows you to voice control Plex. Um, so either through the Fire TV's voice remote or through a device like the Amazon Echo, Echo Dot, or Amazon Tap, you can now issue voice commands that will actually directly control the Plex app on the Fire TV or, or not even just the Fire TV, any device that runs Plex basically. So I, I wrote about this new Alexa skill and then I wrote a second article showing basically a, a big list of all the different voice commands that are compatible with this new Alexa skill. And so I'll link that down below, but just to give you an idea, you can basically use your voice to say something like Alexa, ask Plex to change my default player. Um, that basically changes which uh, device you're, you're actually controlling with your voice. So if you have multiple devices running Plex, then you can actually select which one is actually running that way through the voice command. And of course, you can do just regular player controls like play, pause, resume, stop, next, previous, all with your voice. Um, you, of course, have to always say either ask Plex or tell Plex because that's the way you initiate a Alexa skill or a voice command goes to an Alexa skill. And so uh, the skill is called Plex. And so you have to say ask Plex or tell Plex. You can also start specific content through your voice and Plex. So you can say ask Plex to play a certain movie or a certain show. You can even say like a certain episode from a certain season of a, a show. You can uh, play music through it also. There's no like um, uh, photo control because I know Plex supports photos and all that stuff too. But there, there's no control of voice with photos. Uh, it's just movies, TV shows, and music right now. You can have it uh, bring up recent content. You can say things like ask Plex what's up and it'll just basically show what has been played recently. You can say what can I continue watching? Uh, what was I in the middle of? That sort of stuff. So a lot of nice uh, voice control functionality there. Uh, I know a lot of people I saw in, in the comments saying that they wish this would come just by default from Amazon for the Fire TV. Obviously I, I've been wanting that for a long time. I'm sure Amazon is working on this behind the scenes. I mean it's, it's taken forever. It it hasn't come yet, unfortunately, but I would hope that sometime this year we're going to see some kind of even remote integration there 
between Echo devices and the Fire TV. Uh, we already have some basic stuff with the actual Alexa voice remote where you can ask it to play content directly. So if you say play and then a certain movie, it'll just start playing that. You can say, I think, skip forward, skip back, that type of stuff. So we've got that there, but just through the Fire TV's voice remote, uh, hopefully they'll extend that out into other devices like the Echo so that you can control it there. But Plex has beat them to it. Um, I'm personally going to give Plex a try. I'm, I'm a bigger fan of Kodi. I use Kodi mainly to play my my private uh, movie collection, my, my, my DVR shows, that sort of stuff. But I'm going to give Plex a try just because of this Alexa skill. seems interesting. So I'm, I'm going to set up a Plex server and give that a go. Um, so I encourage people to, to give it a shot. Give Plex a try if they haven't because uh, it seems like they're, they're doing some really nice advancements there. All right, next up in app news, I uh, wanted to mention that HD Home Run has just released their new app for the Amazon Fire TV and Fire TV Stick. Uh, for those who don't know, HD Home Run is this like networked tuner device. Uh, it's, a, it's like a $100 device you buy. You basically connect an HD antenna to it. You connect it to your local network at home, and then it will basically take all the content that it can capture over that antenna and make it available over your network through their various apps. And so this has been available on the Fire TV for a while now where you could basically watch over-the-air content through the HD Home Run app on the Fire TV. Uh, their app uh, disappeared a few months ago because they were developing a new version. And now here it is, finally a new version. A lot more polished, a lot cleaner. Um, I'll put links down below, of course, to this app, uh, to their devices if you want to look into it. But basically, HD Home Run and Tableau, those are two different manufacturers. They're probably the best ways to get over-the-air content into your Fire TV. They each have individual boxes that you connect to your network and connect to an antenna, and they both have apps for the Fire TV. And so if you're looking at getting over-the-air over content, oh, and they both support DVR capabilities. So you're not just watching that content live. You can actually set content to record, and it records locally to your network, to your hard drives, um, and then you can access that recorded content through their apps on the Fire TV. So it's a very nice addition. You know, that's kind of something that's missing on the Fire TV is the ability to actually watch over-the-air content. Amazon right now just relies on you plugging an antenna into your TV's tuner, but it kind of, it doesn't bring it all into one ecosystem. Uh, we talked about the new televisions that are coming out with Fire TV OS built into them, and those have a very nice, very slick way of bringing in over-the-air content into the Fire TV interface. Hopefully, we'll see that come to maybe a next-gen Fire TV device at some point, but in the meantime, if you don't want to wait a year or whatever it's going to be until we see that actually supported officially by Amazon uh, on Fire TV hardware, right now you could just get an HD Home Run or a Tableau and, and get your over-the-air content that way directly on your Fire TV. All right, next, real quick, before we get into the Q&A section of the episode, I wanted to mention that uh, the Logitech Harmony Smart Remote with Hub is currently on sale, just went on sale for the lowest price it's ever been. So for those of you who are listening to this uh, very recently after its release, hopefully you can get in on this if you're interested. But it's down to $69.99 on Amazon. Normal price is $130, which is really unrealistic. Usually you can get it for right around $100. That's a common like discounted price. But, but this price being another $30 off of that is really a great price. I have this remote personally. I bought it myself. It's one of the few universal remotes that can actually control the Fire TV, and that's why I, I picked it up. But basically the way it works is it has this little hub that sits there, and the remote talks to the hub over RF, and so there's no line of sight. You don't have to like actually point it to anything. And then the hub itself talks to the Fire TV over Bluetooth. And so it works with the Fire TV 1, Fire TV 2, Fire TV Stick 1, Fire TV Stick 2, connects to all of those. 
And it's a very nice way of basically just having one remote that controls all, all your devices, including your Fire TV. So if you're interested in that, I'll put a link down below, of course, in the show notes. But uh, it is one of the best ways to get a universal remote, basically, for your Fire TV. You do lose that voice capability, though, because obviously this remote cannot do the whole Alexa voice stuff. So you're still going to have to have the official Fire TV remote around if you do voice searching often on your devices. But if all you want to do is control your Fire TV's you know, menus and all that stuff, this remote will do the job very nicely. All right, let's move into the Q&A section of the episode. As always, on Thursdays, I put a post up asking people to submit their questions or topics that they want me to try to answer here on the episode or try to discuss. I also take questions live via Twitter at AFTV News, so anybody watching the live stream can can tweet me, and I'll, I'll, I'll monitor those, and I read those live as the podcast goes. So you can definitely tweet me there if you want to get your questions answered. Our first question here is from Leathersman says, My Shield TV remote seems to have a weak signal. It has a hard time navigating when across the living room. Have you noticed any lag or cutouts? Uh, he also asks, Would the Alexa remote for Fire TV work with the Shield TV? Uh, so I personally have not had any issues with my Shield TV. I did pick one up just to, to try to cover that a little bit more on the site uh, just because I want to cover Android TV a little bit more even though the site is mostly focused on Fire TV. I have not noticed any issues with my remotes, but then again, I've never really had any issues with any remotes. Um, as far as the Alexa remote working uh, on the Shield TV, uh, definitely the second gen, the newer Alexa remotes will not work on the Shield TV because those are Wi-Fi direct based and those you're going to, they're not, it's not like a standard protocol that, that it talks with the Fire TV. It's very proprietary. So the newer remotes definitely won't work, but the older Fire TV 1's Alexa voice remote and the Fire TV Sticks non-voice remote, those two were Bluetooth based. I have not tried them out with the Shield TV, but I suspect that they will work just as a regular Bluetooth device. Um, I'm working on a little write-up about the Shield TV and its compatibility with the Fire TV remotes and the Fire TV's compatibility with the Shield's remotes and game controllers. So hopefully next week, uh, early on, I'll probably have that finished and get that up. So those of you who have uh, both devices like uh, Leathersman here will know which ones work with the other one. Next question here is from Joe M. He says he has a first-gen Fire TV that's fully unlocked with TWRP installed. Uh, he says he's given up hope on a completely customized uh, you know, OS or, or ROM released for the Fire TV, you know, similar to Cyanogen Mod. But he's asking, is there any way to actually replace the uh, default Fire TV's Amazon launcher with something custom like the Android Leanback launcher from Android TV? Uh, we've actually got Y314K here replied to Joe on the comments, uh, linking him to an XDA thread. I've seen this XDA thread, so there are definitely people trying to work on this, but it has not gotten to the point where I feel comfortable writing a guide and you know telling people this is how to do it, this is how to get it all done. You can definitely look at the thread, see if it's something you want to try, see if it's something you want to help contribute to. But as of right now, if I'm not mistaken, I, I, mean, I haven't looked at the thread very recently, but I'm pretty sure they haven't fully achieved a completely functioning work Android TV launcher that replaces the Fire TV's launcher. And next, we got a question from Master Blaster uh, asking if I've ever played with the uh, Raspberry Pi or with Kodi or with RetroPie. I have not. I've never picked up a Raspberry Pi myself. It seemed like an interesting device. I was kind of ready to see if I can build something out of it right around when the first Fire TV came out. And so I went that route. Did not go with Raspberry Pi. Uh, Master Blaster also is asking if I think this will be the year for the Amazon Alexa. Uh, and also, he's asking, what do I think will be the next big thing? 
Um, I do definitely think this year will be will have a big focus on Alexa in general. I think this year will be when we see Alexa expand out of the uh, Echo line of devices and into Amazon's other devices a little bit more. Obviously, Alexa's on the Fire TV. We've already seen recently Alexa come to the tablets, but I'm hoping this year we'll see Alexa start to integrate all of those devices and Amazon's little hardware ecosystem together. Um, we are expecting that new Alexa like premium Echo device with better speakers and I think potentially a screen on it. Um, so that should probably come out sometime later this year. And hopefully when that comes out, we'll see that maybe integrate a little bit better with other devices like the Fire TV or like tablets. So definitely I do think that this year will be big as far as Alexa goes. I mean, I've said this as far as last year, just it was very obvious that when the Amazon Echo started to take off, that Amazon was putting a lot of development effort, you know, in-house into Alexa because it was like every week, every every two weeks, we would get these really big, impressive features coming to Alexa. And so I definitely think that's going to continue during 2017. So I think Alexa is going to be a big deal moving forward. Uh, as far as what I think the next big thing thing is i mean that's that's a really tough question to just put me on the spot and try to answer but i mean similar to what i was just saying i think things are going to start you know integrating a little bit better you know moving forward you know when alexa first came out um it didn't control that much and it started controlling all the different smart home devices and so i just think maybe this year will be when all of these individual devices start to talk to each other a little bit better a little more cohesively uh, maybe you won't need these hubs that act as like middlemen to, to talk to everything anymore. Um, that's probably what what's going to happen this year, at least. As far as the with the Fire TV goes, I mean, I'm not going to talk about the next big thing just in general, because, again, that's such an open-ended question. But as far as the Fire TV goes, I'm hoping this year we'll see um, better, better content availability from Amazon as far as um, support for maybe over-the-air channels, uh, maybe better ways to get actual, like, you know, network television through the Fire TV, through Amazon. We've already got those channels. I've talked about in the past how I want those channels to to integrate better with possibly Amazon's um, little video service. So a while back, they launched this like video service where you could basically anybody can upload their videos into Amazon's video services and have those videos available either through Prime, uh, where they get a cut of Prime membership or have them ad supported. And so I'm hoping to see on the Fire TV just a better, you know, interface for accessing all of that content, you know, maybe taking on uh, things like YouTube, for example, where people can actually, you know, individual creators can update their or upload their content into Amazon's ecosystem and have like a place where they can basically have kind of like a channel um, and where it doesn't require an actual subscription where it's either ad supported or prime supported and, and that sort of stuff. So I'm, I'm hoping that's what we'll see moving forward in 2017. But who knows? Next question here is from Tavares uh, saying, I have a rooted Fire TV one with a partial bootloader unlock and the latest clockwork mod recovery. And he's asking if he can install the latest uh, 5.2.1.2 ROM. So since you have Clockwork Mod installed, I assume you're still on Fire OS 3. Yes, you could definitely install the 5.2.1.2 ROM. Uh, you're going to have to first upgrade from Clockwork Mod over to TWRP. I'll put guides down below. Um, best bet is to first fully unlock your bootloader, then install the latest Fire OS 3 ROM, which is 51.1.6.3. Once you're on basically the latest and greatest versions of Fire OS 3 and the latest Clockwork Mod and your fully bootloader unlocked, then there's a guide I have which I'll link down below uh, which actually Y314K has already linked here in uh, reply to your comment 
Uh, but that guide basically tells you how to update from Clockwork Mod to TWRP's custom recovery. And then once you've got that, it's as simple as flashing the latest ROM. Next question is from Rex asking, is there a setting somewhere that will stop ads for other shows playing before a show starts? I can hit the back button and the play button again to stop them, but this is very annoying. Yeah, no, unfortunately there is no setting for this. Uh, even if you are a Prime member and you start playing uh, Prime content, you'll still usually get a very short like 10 to 15 second ad for other Amazon content before the show plays. Uh, as Rex has figured out, one way to kind of skip that ad is to hit back and restart the, the show. And that will usually start the, the program without actually playing a pre-roll ad. Um, but no, unfortunately, there is no other way around that. We got another question here from Leathersman saying, is there a way to contact the developer of App Starter or Firestarter to optimize it for Android TV? He says he thinks it's great, and but without the menu button on Android TV remotes, it loses functionality. Um, Firestarter and App Starter's developer is on GitHub, and I think you can contact, contact them there. Uh, you can also get to him on XDA if you just find his post where he, he basically posted about App Starter or Firestarter on XDA. You can use the direct contact link there. That's probably the best way to contact them. But really, I don't think he's going to update his app for Android TV. Um, the app is open source, so you can go and, and try to work on it there if you're a developer yourself or try to get another developer to make any changes to make it work for Android TV. But I think the uh, developer has actually just given up on App Starter or, or Firestarter. When he did release App Starter after Fire TV, or sorry, after Amazon blocked Firestarter on the Fire TV, uh, it seemed like he just released one version of App Starter and then just decided not to continue development there. Our next question here is from JJ. He has a link to an XDA thread asking me if I can answer the unanswered question in that thread. I just loaded the, the thread, uh, took a look at it there. Um, so it looks like JJ has a Fire TV 1 that's like very early version, potentially like a launch version that has a very old OS. He powered it on, tried to get through the initial setup without updating, but couldn't. And then when he powered it off, he now is unable to basically get it to work at all and is wondering if there's any way to fix it. So really, JJ, the only thing I could think of is if you can somehow get it to unlock its bootloader without actually having to, to load the OS itself. So the first generation Fire TV, if it is one of those very early software versions that was on it, um, you can unlock the bootloader through Fastboot. Um, when you actually first connect an ADA cable to it and a PC and power it on, when it detects that uh, it actually is connected and receiving power over that USB cable, it will automatically boot into fast boot mode. So uh, it sounds like it is booting into fast boot mode. Um, you'll, you're going to have to search XDA for this really old thread. I'll try to find it myself. But there was a way through the ADA cable to actually get the uh, the code value um, I forgot what it was called, but there's a there's a, a string basically that you need to actually run through this old Python script. Uh, again, this is really old stuff that that you know these these threads are like two years old now. But there was a Python script that you actually plugged in this value, ran the script, and it gave you a file, and then you use that file through fastboot mode to actually flash and unlock the bootloader. If you can achieve all of that, then with an unlocked bootloader, you can flash Clockwork Mod's custom recovery. And then with that, you can actually just flash a pre-rooted ROM and then you'll be good to go. But basically, you're going to have to get into fast boot mode. You're going to have to find those instructions. I don't know them off the top of my head on the exact command that you have to enter for fast boot mode to return that string value, that the alphanumeric string, I believe it was. 
You take that string, run it through this Python script. You get out of that a file. You use that file to flash the actual um, unlock through Fastboot. You basically are unlocking the bootloader through Fastboot. And then um, I've done it before. I've done it on an older bricked Fire TV one that was running the old five. Jeez, I can't even remember. That was running the old, really early Fire OS 3 versions. So definitely, if it is truly an old Fire OS 3 version that it's running, and it is susceptible to that bootloader unlock vulnerability, um, you should be able to recover the device. But but yeah, you're going to have to dig through XDA and find these really old threads. All right, next question here from Randy Linden uh, is about his Fire TVs getting all deregistered all at once. He says he has 18 of them. Uh, Randy is a developer. I know him. He's the one who creates the uh, Cyboid game for the Fire TV I posted about a few times. I actually talked to him about this over email already, but I might as well address it here in case it affects other people who are listening to the episode. But basically, if you recall a while back, um, Fire TVs were basically kind of spontaneously deregistering themselves. So what that meant, basically, when you powered it on, you would be presented with the login screen on the Fire TV. Uh, it happened to my devices, happened to a lot of other devices. Uh, basically, what's going on uh, from as far as I can tell is that people who own, I, I think it's right around 10 or more Fire TV devices, or specifically it's those who have more than 10 devices registered to a single Amazon account that this is affecting. I think Amazon is basically uh, trying to thwart the uh, resellers. So a lot of people buy these Fire TV sticks. They register them all with a single Amazon account, and then they preload them with a bunch of pirated software, and then they resell them on Craigslist and on eBay. And so because all of these are getting registered on a single account, Amazon is going through and deregistering these accounts that have a whole bunch of devices registered to them. And it is unfortunately affecting people like myself, people like Randy, who legitimately have a whole bunch of devices registered to their own account because for whatever reason, they use all of those devices. You know, I use um, a dozen or so devices registered to my account because I test a whole bunch of stuff. Randy is a developer who obviously uses a bunch of these devices for testing also. So this deregistration has happened to me three times now. And actually, the most recent one was just a couple days ago. And it looks like it affected Randy also. The first time it happened to me, I contacted customer service. They asked me for a serial number of one of my devices. And with that, they were able to actually uh, find all of the devices that used to be registered to my account and actually re-registered them all in one go. When it happened the second time, I didn't bother contacting Amazon again. I just registered them myself. And same thing when it happened a third time just a couple days ago. I just didn't bother. I still haven't even bothered re-registering all of them. I've just re-registered a couple of them that I use most often. And then I'll slowly be re-registering those. And so my advice, if this has happened to you, definitely contact Amazon's customer support. At the very least, tell them you're unhappy with this happening. Hopefully, you'll get a customer service rep that is capable of re-registering them. Again, when it happened to me the first time, they were able to re-register all of them. Maybe they've changed their policy where they're no longer re-registering your devices all at once and they're forcing people to re-register them one by one. Yeah, there's really not much else you could do other than just contacting Amazon and trying to get a customer service rep to actually knows how to re-register these things. Um, but definitely make yourself heard that you're you're unhappy with this if it is affecting you because it is annoying. Again, it happened to me three times. Um, you know, nothing else you could really do. But it's basically how Amazon is trying to to fight these um, these pirated resellers. You know, just one of the ways that that they're trying to fight them. But unfortunately, it's affecting legitimate customers like yourself, like myself. Next question here from Stank. He says, I see that Kodi version 17 has 64-bit support. Are there any Fire devices that use a 64-bit OS? 
Um, as far as I'm aware, the Fire TV 2 is the only one that actually has a 64-bit operating system. Uh, I don't know for sure if Cody's 64-bit version works on the Fire TV 2. I have not tried it myself. I am planning to look into this new version of Cody to see what has changed, what is not working, and that sort of stuff on the Fire TV. Um, so I'll definitely hopefully try out the 64-bit version and see if that actually works on the Fire TV 2 or not. All right, next question from Y314K2 is actually asking if I can share a link to the official uh, launcher APK file that is on the Fire TV 2 or the Fire TV Stick 2. He says he's asked for it on XDA but hasn't received it. Um, Y314K, you can actually get it yourself from the official over-the-air update files. So uh, I'll put a link down below, but if you go to the top of my site and in the navigation, click on, uh, I think it's software updates or updates, that'll show you all of the direct links to the update files from Amazon. Uh, you can also get them from uh, Rbox's pre-rooted ROMs. But if you download those, extract that, go into the actual system app section, you're, you'll see all of the APK files that come on the Fire TV, including the launcher APK. I'm not going to just upload it separately somewhere and link to it because I think technically that still violates Amazon's copyright on the file. And so that's why you should just download the actual update, the full update from Amazon or from Rbox's uploads and pull the file out of there yourself. Next question here is from Damien asking about uh, benchmarking apps for the Fire TV. We talked a little bit on Twitter earlier this week. Uh, I told him about uh, GFX Bench. That's the one I usually use. Um, there are no official, you know, benchmarking apps that work with the Fire TV. So you just have to sideload uh, Android phone and tablet benchmarking apps. I don't know if the latest version of GFX Bench works on the Fire TV or not. So you might have to go to older version or, or find older versions that work there. I can't recall the version that I used to use on the Fire TV myself, but there is definitely a version that works. You likely will need to use a mouse to actually control and use the app itself on the Fire TV because it's not really that compatible with the actual remote control. And so you'll have to kind of simulate a touch interface with the actual uh, mouse on a Fire TV. But you should be able to find a GFX Bench version that works with the Fire TV and the Fire TV 6. All right, next question here is from Tony asking about the possibility of doing 4K at 60 hertz on the Fire TV 2. He's wondering if there's any hidden resolution options or somehow manually changing the options on the Fire TV to get it to do 60 hertz. Uh, he's wondering why Amazon didn't go with uh, uh, the possibility to do 60 hertz instead of just sticking with 4K at 30 hertz on the Fire TV 2. Uh, no, you're not going to find any hidden options. You're not going to be able to go in and tweak the settings somehow, even if your device is rooted or anything like that. That's because it comes down to the actual CPU that is in the actual Fire TV 2. So that hardware specifically just does not support anything above 4K at 30 hertz. So you're not going to get 4K at 60 hertz no matter what you do as far as software because it's a hardware limitation. Uh, the reason most likely that Amazon went with that specific hardware on the Fire TV 2 was probably for cost reasons. When the Fire TV 2 first came out, it was one of the first devices that could do 4K. And I believe one of the only devices that could do 4K at under $100. And so basically it was just a cost issue. I'm sure Amazon could have chosen a, a CPU that could do 60 Hertz 4K, but it probably would have meant that the Fire TV would have to be at more than $100 at launch. And they probably just didn't wanna do that. 
Um, I've talked about this in the past. You know, if you go back to those uh, podcast episodes right around that October 2015 period when the Fire TV 2 was first announced and was first released, I talked about the whole 4K at 30 hertz versus 4K at 50 or 60 hertz and why Amazon chose with the, the cheaper option. All right, that will conclude the 70th episode of the AFTV Newscast. Thank you so much for watching. If you are watching on YouTube, please click through, click that like button over on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Really appreciate those two things. They help get my, my podcast a little bit better exposure. So always appreciate when people do those. Uh, if you're watching or if you're just listening, that is, to the audio version, I also appreciate that. Thank you so much for doing that. Of course, the uh, podcast is available in audio-only versions through all the big podcast clients. You could usually just search for AFTV. TV newscast and it'll come up there and you can subscribe and and just listen to the audio version you know on your phone or in the car or something like that so I really appreciate those too um, thank you so much for watching and or for listening and hope to see you next week